0: love superhero movies they're loud bombastic completely over the top and can be unpredictable in how unhinged things can get people also love nick cage he's loud bombastic completely over the top and unpredictable in how unhinged he can get seems like a match made in heaven right maybe hell we'll find out as we attempt to prove to you that ghost rider is not that bad Welcome, welcome one and all to It's Not That Bad, the podcast that looks for A, greats, and B, movies. And we are going to get a double dip of fun because not only are we talking a superhero film but we're going down cage rage road because we're talking 2007's ghost rider and here to join me along this highway to hell is my lovely wife carrie carrie how are you doing today
1: (laughs) i'm doing great ride or die baby ride or die
0: (laughs) where are we riding to and why do we have to die
1: and can we stop for tim's along the way
0: exactly exactly um Also, now I have Highway to Hell stuck in my head. so And now you do too, dear listeners. So, sorry, not sorry. Um, So, when I mentioned to you that, hey, let's do Ghost Rider, what was your first thought?
1: I was like, oh, this is a Marvel movie? (laughs) Because (laughs) it's really, really digging in the crates. It's not one that generally pops up when you think of the Marvel Universe. Because... It was pre-Marvel Universe, wasn't it?
0: It was. It was. This movie came out in 2007. Uh, Iron Man came out in 2008. The birth of the MCU, if you will. Um, but, of course, there were a slew of Marvel movies to come before it. Some of them good. Some of them not. Um, but I'm not going to lie. This was a first watch for me. As much as a geek as I am, the idea of watching Nick Cage as Ghost Rider never seemed like a good idea until we had a podcast where we talk about movies that are poorly rated then it seems like a really really good idea so this is actually a first watch so you're getting a very raw reaction on this one here but before we go down that road it is time to take this marvel mania movie and trailerize it it is the year 2007 Better known to
2: modern horologists as the year one B I M, before Iron Man, it is a dark time when the fate of Marvel movies is left in the hands of people not named Kevin Feige. It's a world where the most insane thing isn't the action on the screen, but that they let the same guy who wrote Elektra have another go at a beloved character. Nick Cage is Johnny Blaze a man who makes a deal with the devil and gets insane powers so that he can play the character of Ghost Rider. He'll use his cage rage to bring to life the Daredevil Motorcyclist as he looks to break his blood pact with Mephistopheles by going toe to toe with the son of the devil Blackheart. So basically he's dealing with someone else's gothy Mobrat. brat Who has some serious, you-can't-tell-me-what-to-do daddy issues? I mean, come on. Clean up your own damn mess, Steven boy. Johnny's got deli beans to wine and dine on. Nick Cage is Ghost Rider. Rated PG-13. Because of course it is.
0: (laughs) I I would be curious. I'm not going to lie. I'd be curious because... Obviously, this is, you know, pre-Deadpool, right? This is before, like, you're really going to think about going down, you know, an R-rated movie road. I'd be curious what a Ghost Rider movie rated R would look like.
1: I think it would be so much better if it were darker. Right? It does. It needs a darker tone, and it needs a faster pace. Pacing needs to increase, and- Definitely, like, make it darker.
0: Right? Yeah. we, We literally need Daredevil and Ghost Rider to join forces with Moon Knight and Blade. That's what we need right now make it happen uh but let's get the breakdown of who is actually in this film the movie stars nicholas cage eva mendez sam elliott peter fonda donald Logue, and wes bentley with a very early career role for rebel wilson it's not her first film role there was one film before this uh it didn't make much noise and quite frankly it wasn't big enough for me to remember what the name of the title is also i didn't write it down good host i am right uh, but it's not her first film it's her second um however there is an almost starring in this one as johnny blaze apparently johnny depp was interested in the film and eric Bana, who played the first hulk in the ang lee directed hulk film uh was also in contention for this role now i'm gonna say this please do not watch the first hulk film okay just don't save yourself ang lee is a wonderful director That's not the film to watch. But Johnny Depp as Johnny Blaze.
1: You know, I would absolutely love to live in a world where I see that. And then I think I would put Nick Cage as... Mephisto? Yes. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> you, you.
0: You had the look and the nod of like, please don't make me say Mephistopheles. Right. And, right. We're just From here on in, we're just going to call him Mephisto, right? We do not need to injure our tongue in any way by trying to say Mephistopheles far too many times. Uh, also, I'm also the guy who apologizes for messing up names to begin with. So we're just going to call this a blanket statement and that's why we're saying Mephisto. But Johnny Depp. I don't know if I like him in the role. I I could see him in the role. I don't know if I'd like him in at least not in that film.
1: I think it would be wonderful. I completely disagree. I would have loved to have seen that.
0: I think if the Marvel movies were in that 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 stretch, like that really good second third phase of Marvel stretch.
1: And if I can just make one request or one wish to this to this list is i would love to see a different director
0: well it's funny you mentioned that because the film was written and directed by mark Steven johnson who also directed electra and daredevil like that's something to be proud about I,
1: i was gonna say i can see that i can see the connection there
0: right but there is an almost directed list for this Stephen Norrington, uh, who directed Blade and the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, was apparently uh, in line to direct this, but then had to drop out. Now, Blade, Blade is good. Blade's a good film. Blade Trinity, not so much, but that's not his problem. League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. This film, I
3: mean,
0: I liked it. I I recognize why it definitely qualifies for this show, and one day we're going to have to go down L X G Road. Uh, I'm sorry, but it's it's not that bad, but it's definitely not the movie you want to put on your on your you know wall of fame. But there were a couple of other directors that were under consideration. Let me go through this list here, okay? Mike Marcus Nispel, who also directed the remakes of Friday the Thirteenth and Conan the Barbarian. You also had Alex Proyas, who directed The Crow. And we love The Crow. Like, ain't nothing wrong with The Crow. But also, apparently, under consideration, was one Mr. Robert Rodriguez.
1: Oh, that would be fantastic. Right? Oh, please make it so.
0: One day. One One day. day. I mean, I could see... Now, there, there are a couple of different ghost writers in comic book lore. I could easily see them trying to bring the Robbie Reyes version of Ghost Rider to the MCU. And it can even star the same person who is in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. I'm fine with that. Let Robert Rodriguez direct that one. That would be cool. Although that being said, well, you know what? We're going to geek it a little bit later. We're going to geek it a little bit later because I, ha- I have thoughts. I have thoughts on Ghost Rider here, but in the grander scope of geekery.
1: Oh, dear. Oh,
0: we're going to get some geek talk going on here. But here's the funny thing. There was something missing in this film. The film is not starring Stan Lee. There is zero Stan Lee cameo in this.
1: Oh yeah.
0: Right? Now it's not the first time Stan Lee wasn't in a Marvel film. Uh, He wasn't in the Blade films. He wasn't in the Punisher films. He wasn't in either Ghost Rider. Uh, Electra, he wasn't there. Man-Thing, he wasn't there. Also Man-Thing, barely a movie, but we'll get to that one day. But it's not like this film stands out as being, you know, one among the rest of them. Like, it's not like Stanley sat there and said, yeah, I ain't going anywhere near this. Like, it's, it just wasn't, it didn't happen, right? Although, just be forewarned, you're not going to get that Stanley cameo. But it didn't affect the box office on this. The film actually had a budget of $110 million, according to IMDb. Domestically, it grossed $115 million and worldwide brought in $228 million. When it was debuting on the February 16th to 19th President's Day long weekend in 2007, it debuted at number one with $52 million. There were like five movies debuting that weekend. Uh, Bridge to Terabithia uh, debuted at number two with $28.5 million. Uh, music and lyrics of Drew Barrymore That was like 15 million at number 4 uh, Daddy's Little Girls Was at 13 million at number 5 And Breach debuted at number 6 So I mean it's a it's a Good weekend at the box office Of course you know long weekends right Ghost Rider Held on to number 1 for 2 weeks In it's 3rd week it was Knocked out number 1 By wild hogs Of all movies Ugh Bad, bad movie audience. And Zodiac debuted at number two that weekend. Um, But however, when it comes to the accolades, he says with quotation fingers that you'll never see because it's an audio podcast. Nick Cage was nominated for Worst Actor at the Razzies that year. Now, it wasn't just this film. There was this, there was Next, and there was National Treasure Book of Secrets. All three, same year. So it was basically one of those body of work nominations that the Razzies occasionally does yet still he lost to Eddie Murphy for Norbit but over at the Saturn Awards that year the film was nominated for best horror film and lost to Sweeney Todd
1: yeah I don't consider Ghost Rider a horror movie at all by any stretch I mean in the
0: pantheon of Marvel films at that time this was probably the most horror film of them
1: Nah. I mean, it wasn't it wasn't even as dark as I would have liked it to have been. I, I would have liked to have seen I think a little bit more frightening scenes.
0: I mean, this is obviously before comic book movies had the clout that they could in order to be able to go that dark. I mean, yes, there was the crow. I get it, right? It's a mm. comic book film, it's dark, it's good, right? It proved it can be done. But we're talking Marvel properties, Marvel and DC properties were a little bit more. We need to make the money back. It
1: it would have been so fantastic to have seen it um, by the same director.
0: Right. And that I was about to say with Alex Proyas under consideration to direct this film, it would have been very, very, very cool.
1: With that same style, for sure. I, right? I think that's very much what it's missing.
0: Right? I mean, you have, you have to think, too, with Robert Rodriguez being able to do Sin City. But again, these were non-Marvel DC comic book properties that had the ability to to roll the dice and see what they could do. Um, you weren't going to get that out of Marvel and DC at the time. Yeah,
1: I think I would have liked to have seen this being done in the style of a comic book. You know, like... Um, Oh, help me out. Um, Jonah, Jonah Hex.
0: You know what? Jonah Hex was good. We talked about this during that Grading on a Curve episode. Jonah Hex was good. But as the minute you say "look looked like a comic book, I flash back to that Eric Bana starring Hulk movie directed by Ang Lee. Trust me. If you ever watch that film and someday you may have to watch that film, my dear co-host, you're you're like, please let someone else come on the show and guest on that one. But Yeah,
1: you you, you didn't sell it very well in the in the <laughs> intro, so I'm I'm fearing that. Can you
0: can you imagine going to someone's saying, Hey sweetie, how about we sit down, have a nice little bowl of popcorn and suffer two hours of pain for our art?
1: <laughs> How to lose a friend or a date in five movies or less. Right?
0: Hulk would definitely be up there, wow. right? Ooh, that's, that's going to be a fun one there. Uh, but also the reason why we're here is the critics. Over at Metacritic, this film has a meta score of only 35. And then over at Rotten Tomatoes, the audience score is actually 48. The Tomatometer, 27%. So I ask you before we get to the breakdown here, between audience and critic, right now, before we have our conversation and the breakdown, who's closer to what the to what you feel this actually is?
1: Oh, I think it's such a wide range that I think the Metacritic score was actually more on point, being somewhere right down the middle at around 37.
0: 35. 35, 35. even better.
1: Because, yeah. yeah, it you know what? The movie as it were, is lacking. The performances, although the calibers of the actors had so much more potential, mm-hmm. but it was lacking. So I'm actually surprised that the audience score is as high as it is. Well, I mean, there, there is
0: something to be said about, you know, we're going to get to this a little bit, but there are some good things about this. Like I actually, as we were watching this, right, Carrie's sitting there, you know, on the couch, you know, with her notebook, going, "Gotta find something nice to say, nice to say, nice to say." <laughs> this, oh. this is the song she sings when we ha- when we have some movies. Um, I almost
1: quit last night, <laughs> dear listeners. He had to bribe me. <laughs> Come back on the show.
0: I said, sit down and finish watching this film where we will watch that Hulk film. <laughs> and, <laughs> and it won't end well. But let's get to the breakdown here. And we're going to have to start with Johnny Blaze himself, Nick freaking Cage.
1: Woo! Woo! <laughs> Woo! <laughs> I love Nick Cage.
0: Right? I just went full brick Flair on that one. Yeah. But how was Nick Cage for you?
1: Meh. He was... <laughs> you know what? Again... Disclaimer, I do love Nick Cage, and I, I love even more when he goes off unhinged. Mm-hmm. Like, he can do crazy like nobody else, but not this movie. It was disappointing. It was very disappointing because I think it had so much more potential, and it felt like he was um Dialing it back? Being, I think he was being pulled
0: back. I wonder. I do wonder. He lobbied hard to be in this film. Like he he's a comic book fan to begin with, you know, the the whole cage name for his stage name. I mean, that comes from Luke Cage apparently. He named his son Cal L. So, you know, there's that. Also, right now our kids are saying, oh, thank God you didn't call me Kal-El. Um, no, that, that's okay, Han and Anakin. You guys will be fine.
1: <laughs> but At least it was better than Darth. Uh,
0: you stopped me. You did stop me.
1: <laughs> or Jar Jar. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Misa
0: make a bad choice. <laughs> God. right now our kids don't, are they there going like oh dear god these are our parents we're sorry
1: <laughs> don't put dad in charge of the naming but i mean here's the thing apparently he also
0: has a ghost rider tattoo that Ooh. they actually they had to cover it up because you know you're wearing the tattoo of the actor of the character you're about to play don't be that guy
1: that's life in full circle i almost kind of want to like I don't know, search him up now. Google image search him and, and see.
0: Google Nick Cage naked ghost rider tattoo. <laughs>
1: So don't be, you know, alarmed <laughs> if you find that search later.
0: Yeah, you're like, my my search history requires private mode right now. <laughs> I think I
1: might clear my cache after searching, <laughs> just in case, you know.
0: There's some very interesting Google search history you have there. Like, all of a sudden, Google's going to send someone to the door going, is everything okay? <laughs> is everything okay? I mean... It's, it's a big deal for him, clearly, to be able to play this character. Like, he lobbied so much for this. He put a lot into this. So, I wonder if there was a bit of trepidation in playing Johnny Blaze. But I'm going to use the same argument here that I used when we did the uh, Suicide Squad. As Johnny Blaze, yes, I agree. He's dialed back quite a bit. However, when it's Ghost Rider... Like, when the full CG comes in on the on the skull and whatnot, which apparently, according to IMDb, that skull was actually made from, like, a uh, an x-ray of his head. That's how, what they used for the design. Oh, cool. Right? Very so cool. Ghost Rider looked cool. Ghost Rider sounded cool. Ghost Rider was menacing in this. Johnny Blaze? Not so much.
1: And I think that's what was... That... That was, that was pulling me back. I'm like, no, you know what? I want to see more cage rage.
0: Mm. The other thing, too, is like he played Johnny Blaze in a quirky way. You know, he sips jelly beans out of a wine glass. He likes to watch his monkey shows on TV. Like, I don't want kooky, quirky Johnny Blaze. We're talking about someone who has a blood pact with Mephistopheles, with the devil, right made the blood pact by the way spoilers like a mofo made the blood pact basically got a day extra with his father and or maybe even you know quickened his demise just didn't have to watch him suffer through the whole thing like it's there's a lot of character depth that could be there and it was replaced with like almost sandlerisms Right, remember we we we've said this before with Adam Sandler films. He'll find like one quirk and like play it to death. Right? Here it's like, okay, how could how could I make this this Johnny Blaze unique? Oh, he has jelly beans in a wine glass. That's what he does. Like I get the it doesn't drink, gives him nightmares. I get that part. Don't make it odd.
1: Well, I wonder how much of that is I mean, he was he, he was in a adult though when he lost his father it's not like he was a child no no not he was still very childlike though well
0: young teen kind of thing or or older teen
1: but he was old enough to you know fall in love and and leave his girlfriend behind so i mean it it would have i think made more sense to the storyline if he was in fact you know between the ages of like five and seven because he was very childlike. He was Mm -hmm. very, you know, his handlers had to very much keep him out of trouble and take care of him. And I think the, the girlfriend kind of like, I don't know, maybe kept him on the straight and narrow. I don't know. Like he just, I don't, I don't
0: think like he was old enough, right. To be, you know, riding this motorcycle in this, in this performance. Like he, he was doing the show, right. Like, and if you actually read, like, I actually downloaded the the Ghost Rider epic collection from our, our local library through, you know, and flipped through the pages just, just to see what the origin story was like in comparison to this. And it's, it's not exact, but it's not far off, right? Like, this felt a bit more natural. Obviously, the comic books back then were going to be, you know, they're going to be over the top and whatnot. But, I mean... It's not that far off of what you expect from a Ghost Rider movie, right? And the fact that you have, you know, a director who's familiar enough with the Marvel movies that this is his third, and, you know, someone who basically has Ghost Rider on his body that needs to be covered up, its it takes away, I think, from the darkness that Johnny Blaze is dealing with. God damn it, Nick Cage. Go crazy. <laughs> we want crazy Nick Cage. Not City of Angels, Nick Cage. We need Willy's Wonderland, Nick Cage. Bring us that one.
1: Yes. And I think that's what I was hoping for.
0: See, and that's the funny thing, because we watched Willy's Wonderland, and unfortunately, it that movie does not qualify for this podcast, so we don't get to talk about that one.
1: It's just that good, friends. You need <laughs> right? to check it out if but you haven't.
0: You tell me, okay, that Nick Cage as Ghost Rider... Yes. Right?
1: That's what I wanted to see for sure. Like um I mean that that definitely would have it it would have improved the movie. Yeah. I'm just going to put it out there. It and, would have made it better.
0: And the fact that 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 his character in Willy's Wonderland, which by the way, if you like 5 Nights at Freddy's, just just go find that movie and watch it because it is so much fun um the fact that he's driven like this like black sports car kind of thing it almost feels like the robbie reyes version of ghost rider which of course that character appeared in agents of shield we need more ghost rider marvel make it happen Eva Mendez as Roxanne Simpson. How was she for you?
1: Meh. You know what? I think she's wonderful. I, I've always really liked her as an actress, and I was super excited to see that she was in this movie as the love interest. But eh, it, there was something... At first, she was, you know, trying too hard to be so cold. And, uh, you know, just like standoffish and she wasn't going to, she, she was not going to allow herself to fall back for him. Um, but I don't know. I I think where I totally lost it was that scene where she's, um, talking with, um, with his handlers and Mm -hmm. she's like, but I love him. It's like, oh, really? (laughs) (laughs) That is the most unconvincing, I don't know declaration of love that I think I've ever seen. I'm like, I I, I just found she is an incredibly talented actress, but what happened? Where, where is evidence of that in this movie?
0: Mm -hmm. Okay. Can I I borrow a soapbox here? It's time to get on the soapbox.
1: Please, step up. Step up to the plate.
0: This film is criminal in its misusage of an actress like Eva Mendes. You are absolutely right. It is a horrible waste of good talent. Like you have someone who has the ability to be in a comic book movie and fit the mold. For the record, this film came out in 2007. The character at a younger age you know, a, a a father's death happens, and the tragedy of it and, the, and the, the the resulting feelings of that drive the young couple apart, only for her to, to find her way back into his life after he gets, you know, otherworldly mystical superhero powers. 2008, in the spirit, the young couple, the character played by Eva Mendes, the young couple version... A father's death happens. They're split up by the tragedy that it creates. She comes back into his life after he gets otherworldly superhero powers. Do you see a pattern here, people? But I tell you, she was so much better in the spirit. It's because the character's written better.
1: Mm. They, she, I think a lot of it had to do with the direction, though.
0: Yeah, but that's a, and the writing, right? Yeah. Now, the fact that it's the same person... Now, that being said, I also just say that apparently Nick Cage did do some rewrites of the script while they were filming. So, the ghost writer was actually a ghost writer on this.
1: I just... Oh, that's that's good. <laughs> um, but I really felt like that scene where they reconnect, where she's interviewing him. Mm-hmm. It was almost like... I don't know. Like, was, was he hit on the head before think, conducting that interview? Because
0: I think he was just in shock that it's her.
1: I, it was Which, so yeah. overdone that scene. I was just like, "Are you Are you okay? Mm-hmm. Like, like did that fall off the bike really kind of scramble your your eggs a little bit? Like, because you're just but, wow, but not he, there.
0: But here is where I actually have something good to say about her. Hmm. Okay, and.
1: That's why we're here, of course, isn't Exactly.
0: It? <laughs> so as much as this character is poorly written, there is one aspect of it that I actually really enjoyed about her, right? They could have written her to be bitter because he left her, right? Still angry to this day kind of thing. But she's sitting there saying like, I get it. Your dad died. You didn't know how to process it. You reacted this way. I understand. She's rational at that point.
1: I think they tried it first, but there was that turnabout.
0: Yeah. No, no, but the, but the thing is like when he's, you know, first talking to her, right? Like afterwards kind of thing. She's saying, "It's okay. I understand. You don't have to feel bad, right? Like I get your, you know, your life, your world turned upside down. You were react you were processing to the best of your not grown-up abilities at that point. Like I understand." That is good writing.
1: What she didn't know is that he was in a deal with the devil and told to basically leave her.
0: Mephistopheles. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, the safe word is, me- is Mephistopheles.
1: I, I don't know. I, <laughs> I, I liked her hair. Her hair was on point. It always is, though. My right? God, she's absolutely stunning.
0: Also, if the safe word is Mephistopheles and you can't say Mephistopheles, you're in for some trouble.
1: <laughs> Mephisto! Mephisto! No, that's not, that's not the safe word. <laughs> no,
0: all, all, all someone hears is Fist at that point and it goes, it goes south from there.
1: <laughs> well, the show just took a... Wrong turn. <laughs> Ooh,
0: ride or die, baby. Ride or die. <laughs> uh, let's move on to Sam Elliott here as the caretaker. Love. Okay. I, <laughs> t- tell me how you feel.
1: <laughs> oh, you know what? All you have to do is say Sam Elliott. And I'm like, yes. Favorite actor. Wait, wait. Hold, so- hold on.
0: We were talking about Samuel, the
1: <laughs> he's so good.
0: Yeah, when you can understand him.
1: Oh my God, he's so good. <laughs> he's such a great actor.
0: Okay. Okay. Yes, he's good in this role. Yes, the role fits him like a glove. I still think he was better when he was in that horrible Hulk movie we've been talking about because he was General Ross in that one. And I say that for one thing. Up to the, like, the big fight at the end... I I loved him in this role. It was perfect for him. But then, he's like, all right, I got one last ride at me. Hops on the horse, turns into the ghost rider, and they have this really cool scene where they're racing towards the final fight with Blackheart. And then they get there, and he turns around and goes, all right, you're on your own there, Chuckles. I'm out (laughs) of here. Rides off and, like, disappears. Like, like, See ya. Right? Like, I, I get the cool visual, but, what the f- were you there for?
1: <laughs> to lead him.
0: <laughs> like, I, I get he's got to be the Obi-Wan for, the, for for Johnny Blaze. I get that he's supposed to impart the wisdom because he himself also had a pact with Mephistopheles. I said it again, safe word. Um, but then they do this big ride scene. They get to the big fight, and he's like, f- this, I'm out of here. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I don't get paid enough for this <laughs> shit. <laughs>
0: <laughs> right? Literally, like, and his little grumble, like, all right, I'm out This is the end of the line for me to f*** yourself. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Sam Elliott, we love you. He's but a smart it's, man. <laughs> it's, it's like you had this big build-up, and then it's like, f- you, I'm out of here. <laughs> Whoo! I care take my ass all the way you know, back into the... Whew. <laughs> movie needs more words, gooder words, make it happen. But you're right, he is quite good in this, like as that Obi Wan esque type character, you know, with the same blood packed May with Mephisto. Like, you couldn't have asked. I'm like, apparently, you know, John Voight was under consideration for this movie kind of thing and was at one point attached, but then, you know, when things got pushed back, he had to step away. I'm so glad John Voight was not the caretaker because that would, I watched Anaconda. I don't want that 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 character in this movie. No.
1: It might have been a different character though. It might have been played differently, but still. Yeah. Don't don't replace Sam Elliott, no. please.
0: No. That's Sam Elliott's an upgrade. I
1: was so excited to see him.
0: Donald Logue. Who played Mac? Uh, you know, Johnny Blaze is like the head of his crew kind of thing. The, the best friend. And you mentioned him earlier in that scene with, uh, with Eva Mendes' but character. But I
1: love him.
0: Right? But <laughs> but how was he for you?
1: He was good. He was good. I really like that. Um, it's almost kind of like he was the brains of the operation i don't know <laughs> which you, which is she,
0: she says with quotation fingers you'll never of, see because this is an audio uh, podcast
1: yeah.
0: <laughs> um i mean most superhero movies and you know have that for lack of a better term non-superhero sidekick right so uh, you're thinking daredevil this is foggy nelson right this this is the character that that Johnny needs
1: he was he was loyal to the end he was a loyal friend
0: yeah and he fit the mold of like pit crew for for a daredevil stuntman right like it's he made sense in this he's he felt right in that role
1: now what's the backstory were they childhood friends
0: no no I think I think it's basically like he's like pit crew
1: or was he part of his dad's crew
0: no no, no I, I don't think he was part of his dad's crew um I think this is like, this is the show he built and this is the pit crew that he has to help him and they just became like best of friends on the road kind of thing. So uh, again, I'm not fully up on comic book lore so I don't know if the character of Mac is from the comic books or not. Um, I don't know if it's a rework. Please comic book geeks, let me know if, if you know of Mac in the comic books at all which is kind of good though, right? Because this is a first watch for me. You know, and but I never sat and read Ghost Rider comic books, so I got to go into this, cur- like c- clean slate, complete clean slate with no preconceived notions of this, right? And we talked about this with Jonah Hex over on the last grading on a cur- or the first grading on a curve episode. Not having, you know, the deep love of the character and knowledge of the character and the backstory allows you to be able to take everything from the film as it's presented to you without saying they're going, well, they didn't do this and when this character and this character is supposed to be a redhead or something like that. No, no, it's, it's movie good, right? If you go in without those preconceived notions, mm-hmm. right? You never watched a, or read a ghostwriter comic book.
1: No, and it was literally a first watch. It was like, oh, this exists? Okay, well, <laughs> let's go. <laughs> yeah,
0: it, it's, you go with, oh, this exists to afterwards going, oh, this exists, right? It's all all in the tonality of how you say it. Uh, Let's get to the baddies here. Wes Bentley is Blackheart. How was he for you?
1: He was cool. He was very scary.
0: Mm -hmm. Now, we're not going to get into um, his lifestyle at the time. We are literally just talking about him in this movie because apparently, according to IMDB, um, this was in the middle of a stretch where he was apparently and again we don't know because we we don't know these people kind of thing we're just telling you what we read on like you know our research apparently he was like heavy into like heroin apparently at the time and he was taking movies so he could buy more
1: I could kind of see that though and i think it <laughs> helped <laughs> i mean he like he was he as far as again completely unknowing of his personal life or his addiction issues he was really good he was really scary like mm-hmm. after watching it i was kind of like "Ooh, i i just don't want him to come after me because yeah he what, he was trying to collect like a thousand souls yeah and it feels
0: like and and this is this is you know kudos to him on this one it feels like You know, this fight between him and his father has been going on for centuries upon centuries. And like uh, Mephisto, you know, consistently uses the rider as his champion and, you know, in fending him off. So the dynamic, not that you really saw them against each other at all. um, But but the the dynamic between Blackheart and, and Mephisto, like there was like one scene where they're like set up, you know, the, you know, the the power struggle between the two of them, it's it makes sense.
1: I I just have a question. So, and maybe I miss something, but the caretakers, the caretaker Sam Elliott was mm-hmm. was a he's, ghost writer. He's a writer. Yep. As well, how how many of them are there?
0: I don't know how many there are in total. Um,
1: but there's more.
0: But there, I mean, yes, Robbie Reyes eventually uh, becomes the Ghost Rider as well. Like, obviously, and then there's I think there's Vengeance in the comic books as well. Like, like there's lore, right? Like, you're you're going to see in the uh, the next Spider Verse film, um, just exactly how many different Spider Men there are. But you know that that's comic books. Comic books are going to comic book. I mean, there's like a Ghost Rider 2099. It's basically whoever Mephisto chooses to be his rider from people that he has a blood pact with he basically uses the rider as his champion against blackheart at least that's the way the movie portrays it uh but west bentley did a very very good job and you know joke all you want about the the goth emo look but this is 2007 and that's kind of where you know your, your bad your darkness imbued bad guys are but speaking of bad guys let's talk about peter fonda as mephistopheles Mephisto. <laughs> that is not the safe word. <laughs> um, how was Peter Fonda for you?
1: You know what I? I thought he was great. I thought again, very commanding, very, um, very solid in his role. Like very believable and frightening.
0: I like the fact that he played it cool. Right. Yeah. Wes Bentley was was playing it a bit more over the top, a bit more, you know, comic booky. Whereas Peter Fonda comes in, he's quiet. He's he's menacing in his presence. Yes,
1: unassuming and mm-hmm. just.
0: You yeah, know, he's yeah. not there to yell at you. He doesn't need to yell. He's Mephisto. He has the power. He doesn't need to, you know, be over the top. That that's his son's gig, right? It's it's a prestige casting, right? We're talking like a prestige. We're we're talking a guy who was in Easy Rider right which apparently and as i was reading this this is kind of funny at one point in time marvel comics was putting out these like little trading cards of the different characters and one of them apparently was of ghost rider and in the 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 speak bubble on the picture uh because of course peter fonda was in easy rider uh it's ghost Rider going peter fonda look out so the fact that peter fonda was referenced in a ghost rider playing card is really really cool But I mean The superhero film Genre Is built and made On the villains You know And you know You're taking a look At the main super characters Or the, or the main good characters And every time You're like meh 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 You get to the villains You're like now we're talking <laughs> And I think that's, that's where That's so true That's where Ghost Rider I think really does nail it Say what you will about You know Cage rage Lack thereof Need more Need less Whatever Right Say what you will about the utter lack of proper usage of a good Eva Mendes. The villains worked in this for what you needed. And Ghost Rider nailed that. If you had a great Ghost Rider, but a crappy Mephisto, meh. Meh. Looking at you, Spawn. Right? Spawn had a great Spawn, but not the best villains. Ghost Rider... Not Maybe not the best Ghost Rider, but you had a really great Mephisto and a really good Blackheart. But I have to ask you, though, right? Now we've gone through, like, the main actors here kind of thing. In the pantheon of... Let's put the MCU aside because this is pre-MCU. This is pre-Kevin Feige, you know, conservatorship of everything cool coming out of the Marvel factory here. You take a look at films like Daredevil, the X-Men films the Spider-Man films of that era, right? Like the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man films, you know, you had some decent superhero films, right? We we all agree that the first two Spider-Man films were great. We all agree. I think that the first two X-Men films were really good. Then you had a bunch of others, right? Punisher, Punisher Warzone, Blade Trinity, Spider-Man 3, With goth emo Peter Parker.
1: Now, does Venom qualify?
0: Nope. No, because that's like, that's like into like during the MCU time, but that's Sony taking care of that. Um, And yet still sort of pseudo tied into that. No, I'm talking like pre Kevin Feige taking over everything. Mm. Right. This is, you know, in that hole, you could sit there and say, and this is me personally saying, I think Ghost Rider holds up to films. It's better than X-Men The Last Stand. It's better than Spider-Man 3, or at least on par with Spider-Man 3. It's definitely better than Elektra,
1: right? Mm, yes.
0: But, but as a superhero film for you, because we're talking about the genre as a whole, how was this for you?
1: You know what? It It's funny because I always start out thinking, oh my God, this is this is a horrible horrible movie. I have nothing good to say. But then as we talk about it, I appreciate it more. And I'm sitting here now thinking... I mean, it really wasn't that bad. I even tried to give it a second watch today. Um, work got in the way. Well, yeah. Life <laughs> life, and work and, and other things um, distracted me. I was distracted. Mm-hmm. However, um, you know what? It it really wasn't that bad, but it could have been better. I, I mean, I can
0: see that. I really can. Um Obviously, you know, any movie can be better, right? But I, I think, I mean, if you're looking to compare this movie to Infinity War, just don't, right? All No movie compares to Infinity War or Endgame. But if you take a look at back at 2007 and superhero movies that were coming out around that time, this definitely stands up as actually one of the better ones. Now, I also, too, I like, okay, I have to tell the story. I have to tell the story. So I brought Carrie to the theaters to watch X-Men. She fell asleep during the big fight scene at the end. We're talking about a girl who fell asleep at a Rush concert during the drum solo. My, My lovely wife has movie narcolepsy.
1: Yep, during Top Gun during mm-hmm. the big air fight yep. scene. Yeah.
0: The louder the scene, the more likely my wife to fall asleep.
1: I get bored. I'm like, okay, they're fighting, time for me to close my eyes. But the really Give me the storyline. But really <laughs> there was
0: none of that big bombastic kind of big fight scene in this. And
1: I stayed awake, didn't I? Yeah.
0: Like that's the thing that surprised me. At no point did I have to sit there and nudge you, going, "Come on, you got to make it to the end, come on." There, there wasn't, you know. People make fun of Marvel movies today, where like you know you get to the end and it's like basically a bunch of like CGI vapor clouds attacking each other. Hello, Morbius, but
1: three hours later.
0: <laughs> but this didn't have that. It was a very mono mono kind of almost cathartic. Fight at the end.
1: Well, I will say that it kept me intrigued. Mm-hmm. You know, um, the character build was well enough or good enough. It was, it was good. Um, but it was, it was, um, it caught my attention, and I saw it through to the end. So I think you know, kudos to the writing for that.
0: Yeah, I mean, there are some decent aspects to the writing. There are some aspects of the writing we could sit there and go ah.
1: you know what it was I was waiting for that very last scene where they were back at their tree forever and ever
0: mm-hmm. yeah no it, it bookended nicely Uh and, and the fact that it wasn't like they did live happily ever after because he said you know, they couldn't be together he was going to go off and use his power to 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 combat Mephistopheles you know for the yeah. record by the way there is a ghostwriter writer. Spirit of Vengeance sequel. And I know it qualifies. So we may have to revisit Nick Cage world. But I will say this. I'm going to put this out there now. Given that Marvel is in the multiverse saga. And given that characters from past Marvel movies and eras. Are starting to make their way into this. Do you foresee the MCU Ever contacted Nick Cage saying, Hey, 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 want to be Ghost Rider again for a movie? I hope so. Would you want to see that?
1: Oh my God. I mean, here's what I want to see I want to see like a Blade Ghost Rider matchup. Well, I, I mean, I want-
0: they're, they're making Blade now, but not with Wesley Snipes.
1: No, no. It's Why? What,
0: it's Mahershala Ali.
1: Not bad, but I I like Wesley Snipes. I mean, Wesley
0: Snipes is great, yes, but Mahershala Ali is now the new Blade. But I mean, you you have these characters now where you could easily do a Midnight Suns type film, or at least uh, a Disney Plus production, because you got Ghost Rider, you got Blade, you've got Moon Knight. Mm-hmm. right you have all these darker characters that you could you've got daredevil back right charlie cox is back you could easily put him there right uh you could get L.D. young to come back and be Elektra. you could have this dark avengers type team up you know a uh, uh, secondary version of thunderbolts after whatever's going to happen with the the next thunder or uh, the first thunderbolts project so you have these characters that could be put together i don't know if nick cage fits in that but in a multiverse kind of thing, it would be a great cameo.
1: Well, I was kind of thinking the whole, like, I don't know, fighting the devil and having, like, Blade, who was a vampire, right? Mm -hmm. So
0: Maybe Doctor Strange involved somehow? That could work. I don't
1: know. Some Jessica Jones or bring back um, Kilgrave. Oh... Oh, any excuse to bring David Tennant back.
0: Right. Although that being said, hear me out. Hear me out. Mephistopheles, as played by Michael Sheen.
1: <laughs> he could play anything. Oh my God, though. Kilgrave meets up with Moon Knight. I'm done with that. In one of the, the dream yes. sequences. Yes. Because he, he was. He was very mind Controlling, right?
0: It's too bad that they've killed off Iron Man because there was an episode of Avengers Earth's Mightiest Heroes where Kilgrave basically took control of the Avengers and you had like Emperor Stark and that would have been cool. By the way, the voice of Kilgrave in that animated series, Brent Spiner.
1: Ooh. Right? I don't hate that, but... Got to bring back David (laughs) Tennant.
0: Okay, now we're done our fan cast here for our future, (laughs) you know, for the Marvel. By the way, uh, Kevin Feige, you're welcome.
1: (laughs) Take notes.
0: Right? Sitting there listening to the podcast going, well, that's a good idea. That's that's not a good idea. We'll scratch that one. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, but before we go, it is time. So, Carrie, who is your MVP of Ghost Rider?
1: Oh, Sam Elliott. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I'm sorry. Sorry, Nick. Sorry. Mr. Cage. I'm sorry, Eva Mendez. You were lovely. Um, Rebel Wilson, you were fun. I mean, <laughs> is she really acting? I literally <laughs> I literally picture that's how she is. She Rebel Wilson in Wilsoned. real life. Yep. <laughs> like like if you would meet her on the street, she would be exactly the same character that she was in this in um Oh, oh, was that? it?
0: Is is it Pitch Perfect or something like that?
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, she she's just darling. I like her. Um, <laughs> but um, yeah, no, I I when given the choice, always pick Sam Elliott.
0: Okay, I'm not. No. No. Because I was given the choice, I didn't pick Sam Elliott.
1: No, that's my rule then. Oh, well,
0: okay. Because um, I went with Wes Bentley. Mm. i I went with the baddie i went with blackheart here um i thought about peter fonda i did because he was great in this but i don't think he was in it enough to convince me to pick him over west bentley right as the son of the of of mephisto as basically the i mean because the scenes where he was taking the souls right and basically touching the skin and the 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 term blue and basically like that that was cool and there's a lot of good cgi in this there's some that's not so good but there's a lot of good cgi in this that was a very very cool way of of to see him taking the souls and and basically gaining strength from them so and wes bentley gave a very good 2007 comic book villain performance uh but carrie thank you and I will apologize in advance if we ever have to, to cover the Hulk uh, or Ghost Rider Spirit of Vengeance or League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. We've mentioned a lot of films on this on this episode alone where I'm going to apologize in advance if we ever have to go down that road.
1: I'm still accepting apologies for Electra. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> we may have to do Daredevil 2. That's, that's the trifecta right there. Now, dear listeners, you guys know the drill. If there is a movie out there that you think is unfairly maligned or is just so bad that there's no way in heck that we can find anything good to say about it.
1: But say hi to Mephisto while you're there.
0: (laughs) If you can say it, Mephistopheles. (laughs) Hit us up on Twitter at NotThatBadCast or go to our website, notthatbadcast.com. While you're there, we have a coming soon page. You can see some of the movies that we're getting ready to talk about. So there's a comment section. Drop us a line. Let us know what you thought of those films. Get a shout out in the show. We'd love to hear from you guys. Until next time, she's Carrie. I'm Jay. You guys are awesome. This is It's Not That Bad.
3: Take care.